Welcome, friends, to the Soul Talk podcast, a show where we explore and uncover the path to the heart, amplifying your conscience. Join me as we meet incredible souls who are in this journey and learn from their experience and different methods that will make you vibrate your heart. Let's get into it. Hi, everyone. This is Monica Ramirez, Warrior of Love. And today we are presenting uh, a very special poet that I met a while back uh, in San Antonio. I have the pleasure to read some of my poetry with her in uh, High Wire in San Antonio. And uh, let me tell you who she is. Her name is Victoria Feno. Victoria Garcia Feno is, in San Anto- is a San Antonio poet and activist. She's an author of three collections of poetry, and, and one which won the, uh, the Premio Poesía Tejana. Victoria has been featured in Dallas Morning News, in San Antonio Express News, and San Antonio Current uh, Backbelt Magazine and NPR. Victoria is a mother, wife, daughter, sister, tia, and she's an artist, an educator, and a healer. She's a Guadalupana at at Saint, as an and since 2018 for over five years. Victoria has hosted an open mic a monthly at Barrio in the neighborhood in which she grew up in. She's currently working in her first screenplay with her love of her life, Tag James Feno. Victoria, it's really my pleasure to, to have you here. And uh, it's really my honor. I really have the pleasure to read with her in uh, in High Wire, well back in San Antonio, and uh, and I have one of her books. And she's a really great person. Thank you, Victoria. Thank you, Monica, for having me on your program. Victoria, I I have many. I have asked this question to myself first of all, and I have asked this question to other poets. How, because I started writing poetry when I was a teenager, but I did not consider myself a poet then. It took me many, 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 many years until I actually called myself poet. And with you, how was your process? How do you actually start calling yourself poet? I think it wasn't until other people called me a poet. Um, I've been reading poetry since I was three with my my mom's poetry that she had in her closet hidden away before she's now a published poet. But um, my process, as, as early as that, my, my dad uh, would read Shakespeare and all of the classics to us and have us recite poetry back in, you know, back at age two and three. And so that was my first love of poetry. And then in school, um, I was reintroduced to poetry through my school teachers, uh, Miss Evans in second grade. I would recite Robert Frost poems and whoever got to, whoever memorized the entire poem would get to go recite it for the principals, which was a big deal. And, um, so I, I was rather proud of that. It's kind of ironic because now I can hardly remember. Well, I can, I have one of my poems memorized fully and it's all in Spanish. 
But um, anyway, that was a treat. And then in fourth grade, that's when we learned. I mean, it, it continued throughout the years, but uh, Miss Sechi in fourth grade taught us about haiku and um, all kinds of wordplay and poetry. And and, um, and I started writing probably in, in not probably, for sure in, in the fourth grade is when I started writing. And I was really into haiku. And um, then again, I won some writing uh, awards in junior high for an essay I wrote about Pope John Paul II. And um, mm. I was starting to write poetry to my friends. Um, and I think it was in eighth grade, seventh and eighth grade is when other friends of mine would tell me, oh, you know, you're a poet. And I aspired to become a poet when I grew up. <laughs> um, in my eighth grade graduation book, I, the two things that I wanted to be when I grew up was a fashion designer and a poet. So I accomplished one. And uh, finally in high school, Miss Anita Arnold was most influential um, in introducing me to poets such as Pat Mora, Ana Castillo. Um, Pat Mora was my first uh, love after my mom's being, again, Imelda Zapata Garcia is my first influence for sure, my mother um, as a poet. And, uh, but then Pat Mora reawakened something in me that I thought, wow, I, I, you know, I can write in my own voice and claim this voice as my own. And then, um, you know, soon everybody else fell after that. But I, I wanna, I had to write a poem and I wrote a poem called Frida in the Nude in uh, my senior year. And I won an award, it was supposed to be bilingual or in Spanish. And I wrote it, you know, bilingual, um, really code switching. And um, which was the way my mom wrote. Um, and, and does write. And so um, it was more of a reintroduction because like I said, my, my mom had already taught me that at, a, at you know, at three, four or five in, in, in my primary years. And so um, I think that that first being published in high school with uh, the each has spoken, which is, um, with the San Antonio Public Library, they put out that book every year. And um, I, along with about seven other students of Anita Arnold's, we were all published. Celeste Mendoza, um, Celeste Guzman Mendoza um, is in that book and, you know, fellow writer. And um, so many other people, but <laughs> I can't think of everyone's names right now. But anyway, um, so in high school, I started publishing poetry. And then I honestly, I want to say was um, being in the first Macondo and sitting in there with amongst people like Barbara Renault Gonzalez and um, Maria Limon and Carla Trujillo and I mean, I'm just, just, um, I, I, I can't rename everybody's name right now. I wish I had the picture with me to tell you all, all the people that were in there. Um, but Joe, Joe Reyes Boitel, 
um, is another name that comes to mind. But certainly Sandra Cisneros giving me permission to say, you, you are a poet. You can call yourself a poet. That, that certainly um, did it for me, I think, at, at an early age. And I was, you know, 20 years old. And so um, I was very, very young. And, and I still, I, I think it was years later that I realized, well, that is, I see eyes through, my eyes are, are those of a poet, uh, an artist. And I've known that probably my whole life, but to give myself permission to call myself a poet certainly is other people that, you know, <laughs> call me that or, call, you know, have given me that title, if you will. That is very interesting. And I, I remember when the Pope, uh, when Pablo II went to Mexico, I actually wrote a poem. I was about nine years old or something like that. And it came out in the TV. They were reading my poem and it was like, oh, wow. And and I still then didn't call myself poet. It came many no. years. Yeah, not as a child. I never would. But um, well, I was practically a child at 20, but... Um, but I was a mother already, you know, I was, I grew up pretty, prettier quickly, if you will. And so, um, at 20, I had, be, I became a mother and, and then also was, um, by 21, I want to say is when, let's see, March. No, Jim Papa was a baby. So yeah, I was, it was, um, 1995 that I was sitting amongst, um, some of this, brilliant writers that I still admire to this day. But um, maybe maybe closer to 24, 25, I think uh, it was it was the poet Sandra, Sandra Cisneros that right. told me, oh, you know, Angel Rodriguez Diaz and Rolando Briceño, my artist friend, said, Victoria, you really, she really is a poet. <laughs> and I think it was other artists, you know, in, in other mediums, because really, truly, those are my my big influences are, are my fellow artists. Yes. And I know we all have a, a ritual as an artist and uh, we and we're all different. There's not the same thing like, you know, get a notebook. Some of them might get a computer. Some of them, they need a coffee or some of them, I don't know, a clean area. I don't know. We all have different rituals because we're all different. And uh, what is your ritual when you you're, when you're going to start writing poetry? I like to paint. Um, recently, I've been watercoloring, uh, dab dabbling in watercolors. And um, when I'm being creative, my my ritual it's not so much of a ritual, but um, I like to have. I like to meditate uh, through prayer, so I pray. Um, I write freehand. I don't. I like to edit on the computer, but I hate, I do not write on the computer, or you know, I don't. I write freehand, and um, that's how I've always written. Um, sorry, <laughs> my life. Um, it is a different well, when you write it by hand than when you write it in in a computer. I noticed that. I don't know what it I, is. No, I've but written three, 
um, in my journals, and then I can, you know, we'll transfer that, and then to, you know, to type it up and edit, etc. But um, one of the things that I like to do besides pray, um, I like to have sometimes light incense or, you know, um, I guess I believe in aromatherapy pretty much. I don't believe in it. It's not that I, I don't guess I do. I do believe in it. Um, I believe in, in natural holistic medicines. And um, so I, I do um, like to have quiet, certainly, um, around me. So that's, that's important. And um, sometimes it's just waking up in the night if I, or if I can't sleep, if I can't sleep, then I certainly, that's, that's a, t that's a telltale that I need to write. <laughs> and so, or, you know, watercolor or something, be creative. Yes, many artists wear night owls. I have met morning artists. <laughs> there are very, a few of them that I have met through the time I've been an artist. The majority wear night owls. We get inspired at night, right? That's true. Um, lately, my schedule has changed. Um, and so I am up early in the wee hours, uh, about 6.30 um in the morning and but i'll take a nap <laughs> always take a nap i love my naps yes yes we all yes my schedule is kind of like that i take naps because i i can be awake at three o'clock in the morning and go to sleep at nine o'clock in the morning and i have to have a nap at least and then i can go on and then i haven't taken a nap like a baby <laughs> yeah <laughs> that is that, i don't know but that's that's how it's been lately. And I saw, I read in your bio that you are a healer. Can you t explain me a little bit? Because I am a healer too. So that's why I'm asking you. I, um, I, I heal through massage therapy and, um, teas and herbs, um, things that my mom has passed on to me, um, like using estafiate. Uh, for your, you know, stomach ailments and mint, yerba buena, you know, just different, different yerbas, you know, to help, uh, hibiscus for calming, you know, et cetera. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, just, um, I also feel that through, through, um, sharing of, life experience um and through my art i help i know that i have helped people um heal or at least get in begin the process of healing and um when i say healer like i i just mean more like curandera curanderismo is yeah. you know, what i practice curanderismo that is cool. And uh, and also I read that you're an activist. I used to be an activist. Uh, and I can't say I am an activist, but in a different way. 
after being in many protests and after being in many things, my way of protesting or my way of becoming an activist, it changed. It changed more than I went into more into the path of uh, spiritual healing. Uh, it changed. I, I, and well, in my case, I, I felt like if I wanted to change the world, I have to change it internally more than externally. So that's why I stopped going to protest and things like that. And what what is your your experience as an activist? Well, I I think that it parallels yours. I mean, I uh, I too have pictures with uh, Terry Ibanez and Sandra Cisneros walking in the marching in the International Women's Day March, you know, and and Amal Kim marches, etc. You know, just um, I did I I too was a, an activist in that in that manner, and I still. Um, participate to a degree, but I participate um, very limited. And also, I I agree that I've come to a place in my life as well that I've focused more on uh, healing and spirituality and being uh, an activist through my art. Okay. Um, you know, absolutely through through my writing and through my through my art and um, through my of of all of that <coughs> with my fellow artists and con mi comunidad. Um, being an educator as well is part of that. I think part. Of, I think. You know, educators don't get um, the credit they deserve for for the activism that they do on a daily. You know, and being part of programs like uh, Bill House, uh, the Teaching Goldens with Bill House Arts, um, which we call they're you know they're Goldens because they're 55 and older. They're in their golden years, and writers, some of the best writers I've I've definitely come across for sure are some of are some of my students, you know, and I think by being by actively being part of of the community, that is that in and of itself is is a form of activism, you know, creating the spaces like the Barrio Barista that I I had uh, open for five years. I hosted open mic for five years and I had poets of all ages, um, <coughs> class, gender, race. I mean, just, it was very diverse, especially for San Antonio. And um, in that way, I plan on bringing that back uh, because of COVID, of course we had to shut down. And, uh, and then I can't announce when will when it'll be back because Barrio Barista is under construction right now. But uh, certainly, we hope to be in the fall of this year. And were you uh, you're an educator? I'm sorry, did not catch uh, that. I, I teach creative writing to um, students with through Bill House Arts, um, poetry. And then um, at different senior centers, and then I'm a substitute teacher for Harlandale Independent School District. So um, 
I wouldn't call my ed myself an educator on uh, with that job so much because, but um, I'm part of the process of it, you know, of that education system. But um, but I think it's more as a mother educating my children. I've, I've two grown children now, and one almost grown. <laughs> he just turned seventeen, so I, there's still a lot of educating to do with this. Even my eighteen-year-old daughter, of course, she's got a lot to learn still. Um, I think I know the one that that I've done a really wonderful job educating uh, as a mother anyway is my 26 year old Francisco and uh, he's truly independent and I don't worry about him <laughs> anyway I think we, I think as a mothers we continue educating them all the time I just hang up with my son he's 30 and he was asking me a bunch of questions and I was trying to educate him in this and that or my 32 year old. And and I don't think uh, we're gonna stop that part of educating them or teaching them different things about life or advising them. Grow and learn, right? That, that part I don't think is never gonna stop. People that have sleep all night calmly and with the phone off is people that don't have kids. <laughs> I think so. I might be wrong in this one. Don't get me wrong for the spectators, but this is how I think, and I might be wrong. <laughs> well, certainly you're right in that as mothers, we certainly have the phone by our side, and we're certainly uh, ready to be awakened at any time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, we do. But that is so good that actually you're they're teaching uh, creative writing. I've been teaching art for almost 28 years or something like that. I just recently, I, I just stopped teaching uh, painting. And it was, and as a painter, I I noticed that every time I, I was teaching art, I was, my creativity have uh, was, it was hard to start with me. And do you notice that with you? It's like it was like all my creativity, I give it to my students in a way. And then I have the canvas and it was like, okay, what am I going to do? And it took me a, a while, like a few days without teaching for I can say, oh, I'm going to be using this color. So I'm going to be doing this. I don't know what it was when I was teaching and uh, and creating art. For you, is the same thing in creative writing or, or is not? Well, I'm very much inspired by my um, students. I don't, I haven't been teaching recently because of COVID. Um, but so, so I do, I can say that honestly, I have been creating more now that I'm not teaching. Um, I'm certainly working on my own work and spending time on creating more than teaching. So yes, I, I think that I agree with you on that. As as an educator, you well, I know I did tend to um, I learned more from my students than I I felt that I actually taught them, especially the Goldens. I mean, when you sit and, and listen to these stories written by you know a ninety year old uh, man who's grew up in the mountains of Puerto Rico and he's writing about his story. 
certainly that is going to teach me a multitude of wisdom and, and a magnitude of, of creativity and, and, you know, joy that I could never fathom on my own, you know, I'm 46 years old. And so, um, those experiences are, are precious to me. Yes, the, the teaching, it doesn't matter what age we're teaching, everybody's going to be our students. We're not only teachers, we become the students when we teach. <laughs> That's something that I have learned too. <laughs> yeah. What is, uh, I read also in your biography that, uh, that, Guadalupana St. Anne's, what, do you mean, what does that mean for our spectators? Oh, okay. Well, uh, Guadalupana is, uh, Guadalupanos practice, we have a mission to spread the, um, I gosh, I don't know how to say this in the wrong way, but anyway, the Virgen de Guadalupe is, is our, is, is what we focus on and um, the spirituality and the, The message that the Virgen de Guadalupe has for um, for us, and so our mission is to reach those in need, um, those that can't come to church. Maybe uh, we take them Eucharist or we pray with them. Um, we have special masses. Uh, I'm a, I'm devout Catholic, and uh, I was raised in, in Catholic and went to Catholic school from first through eighth grade, and then uh, went to Our Lady of the Lake University, which is a Catholic university. Um, I'm very involved with um, in with my faith and in my spirituality, and. Uh, We pray the rosary, we, we, you know, honor her, this feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe every year with a special mass and danzantes. Um, we have a pilgrimage to the Basilica where we honor the Virgen de Guadalupe. And it's just remembering, um, it's really, It's really all based in Christianity, and um, but it is a special devotion, if you will, to um, the Virgen de Guadalupe, and having this kind of special relationship with with um, our Blessed Mother. And I mean, I I don't I wear the image of the Virgen de Guadalupe because not just because my mother gifted this to me, but Um, because I do believe in divine intervention. I do believe in the power of prayer. And um, I do uh, share the faith of, of Catholicism and, and Catholics, uh, Roman Catholics. Um, right now, I can probably say I'm Roman Catholic because I do agree with, you know, Pope Francis um, as far as some of the new teachings that he has And they're not new teachings, actually, but but he has acknowledged, you know, that um, we are all God's children. That um, despite our background um, or 
you know, I don't know. I just, I agree with his philosophies uh, as opposed to some of the other popes in the past. So, yeah. Okay, that's interesting. And now let's go back to, um, to the poet part, the artist part. I would like to ask you, um, uh, this is a question that we're all our spectators. Some of them might be poets. Some might be just uh, art lovers. And uh, and in a way, we I wanted to to so they can hear firsthand artist. How is the the hard part of being a poet? Is not that uh, or an or any any kind of artist. It's not so easy just to oh I just start painting and let's continue painting and let me make a career or let me become a poet and and I'm gonna pay all my bills with that you know <laughs> things like that <laughs> so because people think it is easier than that it is it's it's more our passion but I wanted to hear it from from a poet that Polish writer a Polish poet that how hard it is. How has been how hard or how easy it's been for you to make a, a survival as a poet? Oh well, um, I, you know, I cannot say I'm I make a survive uh, living off of poetry. No, um, I don't. I, you know, it's always been a passion of mine, and I. It's it's extremely difficult, but I don't I don't self promote. I don't um, I don't have an agent. I don't uh, I don't meet meet deadlines <laughs> very easily. Um, it, it's really difficult, um, but I don't. Certainly, I think I'd have to say that for me, I'd have to say that you know i literally the last book that i published in 2015 i sold on my own um and i sold it from anywhere from uh places like a local bar like the mix to um places that I, like awp you know uh in san antonio last during covid or right before covid hit Um, you know what I mean? Like I, I, they're at the bookstores or on the streets, you know, I, it, it wasn't, uh, it's not easy at all. Um, and I don't, I wouldn't say that I, I could never say that I've survived or lived, had a livelihood as a poet. No way. <laughs> Do you think it's... Do you think it will be easier if we have um, promoters for artists or or agents for artists that they're they're almost none? A long time ago, as a painter, I, I was looking for them. They tell me, stop looking for them. You're not going to no, find them. No, in our time, you know, we have to promote. If you want to, you have to promote yourself. Um, I mean, unless, you know, you're some kind of... Uh, I don't know <laughs> if you're famous or, you know, if you're, you've already, if you already had that, that, um, behind you, if you will, all that support. Um, I was published by 
a small press and this doesn't exist anymore. And then self-published um, my last book. And now I'm just, I, what I'm doing is creating um, handmade, handmade books. Um, I wrote it, I did this backwards. It's called Love in the Time of Corona. Love in the Time of Corona, and it's a love poem, and it's uh, I hand painted it, and the poem is on, on each, you know. That is and, very. And um, and so anyway, it was a wedding gift to um, to my husband Taj Fanel, and so um, I don't I don't plan on. Selling, uh, you know, if I write, an, I, I'm writing, and if I publish another book, if anyone publishes it, that's that'd be great. But if you know, um, I don't, I just am not about self promotion. And you know, I think in this day and age, you really have to be if you want to be um, out there in the scene, you know, and and if you want your work to be recognized, then you do have to um, put it out there, if you will. And, um, and it's, it's important. I, I see other poets. Uh, my sister is one of them. My mother is, is another one. But Andy Garcia Lynn, you know, she just came out in the local newspaper, La Prensa, for an open mic that she's hosting with some friends of hers. Um, Mandy Lynn Lara uh, in... Um, Joy, joyous wind rider and they um so they're out there you know what i mean they're doing something and so you have to really be on the scene and involved and um i right now in this point in my life i'm i'm more focused on creating than i am about promoting myself, you know, and I, I don't worry about that so much. I just worry about, uh, well, I don't worry about it. I just, I just create art when I feel like it. It's because it's, it is very hard. Something that 2020 actually taught me, it was mm -hmm. like learning how to survive as an artist, but in a different way and mm -hmm. understanding that the mentality of, um, the, uh, the, the poor artist it was not going to work if I have to pay my bills. So, uh, so it was, it taught me how to use social media, how to do content, how to do all this. And I took many classes for how to promote and promote and use social medias. Uh, I'm still not an expert in Instagram, but learning how to do it and learning how to schedule posts and things like that, because or else, it's, it's just survival, guys. It's just, it's just, <laughs> and it's not that we are, that it's very hard for artists actually create and promote and publish and make the business side because there is a myth that artists, we should not be focused on the money, but then we need to survive. We need to pay our bills. Oh, it's true. Absolutely. I agree with you. So and then, I, yeah. uh, many friends of mine have become, uh, you know, Eddie Vega is one of them. 
um, Anthony the Poet is another. Um, Tammy Gomez, she just stayed with me recently, and um, she gifted me this, uh, one of her, her small books that she makes. And, um, and so anyhow, um, she was here with for Cine Festival. But I, I kind of wanted to talk about things like that um, that inspire me. Uh, people that inspire me, but she, anyway, she, she as an artist, I think as artists, part of our survival is promote is being there and supporting each other, mm -hmm. right? Like you're doing now, and um, I think it's very important that we, as a community, that we're here for each other, and that we support each other, one another, and in whether it be buying, you know, chapbooks or um, sharing our stories or however, in whatever way possible, possible way that we can, uh, we should definitely uplift each other because okay. that, that is how um, we can, you know, I think that's what makes our, our art valid is, is and, and um, worthwhile. Yes, I agree. And the competition it should not be in our agenda of any of us because we're all different. It doesn't matter they give us a theme. We're all going to write it different or we're all going to paint it different because we have our own style. So there is no such a thing in competition for artists. That's ridiculous. I agree with you 100%. So, yes, and I know there is egos between all the artists, it doesn't matter if you're a musician, if you're a painter, if you're a poet, if you're whatever. But uh, that thing should not be, and you're very right, we should all support each other more. We should be a, a more close niche. Well, not close niche, we should be open niche, but sure. supporting niche. So like that, it will be a good community all around the world, because like that, we can support all around the world. Yeah, you know, my, my mom just came out with this, uh, edited this book, uh, Absolutely Poetry. And um, John Remy and Steve Wheeler co-edited this book with her. Well, it's like number six on Amazon in the UK because that's where it was put out. And so um, my sister's also, Andy, uh, Abril Andrea, Andrea Garcia Lin is in, in this book. And, and uh, I think it's really exciting because... I, maybe uh, another interview you can interview my mom. She, she might be interested, but she um, she she's you know her work is now like international, right? And so it's exciting. It's exciting to she feels really connected to humanity, if you will, by having friends across the globe. And I feel the same way, you know. Um, different artists, friends, uh, different mediums, whether they be musicians, you know, Japanese punk rock uh, band from uh, Tokyo or, uh, you know, a French musician, you know, it just, it doesn't matter whether it's art, what kind of art it is, but we are, we as artists, you know, be it musicians, filmmakers, um, writers, Dancers, uh, musicians. All of us. We, we all have to, to share with each other and um, and make this world so much more joyful and, and, um, 
and healing and, and revolving and evolving. Do you uh, agree with this statement? I always have said that uh, artists, we are storytellers. Why? Yeah. Because we're telling the story of our time. It doesn't matter what media we use, but we're storytellers. Yes, I agree with that, definitely. I yes. guess we can a very different world if we were more, we would respect each other as a community, as an artist, and we will be respected more outside too at the same time. Yes, I do agree with that. You know, um, I'm sorry, but Yes, and uh, I wanted to ask you how hard is um, to publish a book? Because many spectators, they think, oh, it's so easy, so simple. An award um, that was given out and really by Sandra Cisneros, um, the Premio Poesia Tejana. And she, she was the judge the year that I, I won the publication of my first book, Peace in the Corazon. And so um, that book, Oh, here's a, a tattered copy. I have a good copy somewhere. But, oh, here it is. It has the artwork of Terry Ibanez, a local artist from San Antonio. Um, and so uh, this book was, goodness. Okay, so, so this book was an award. And even though I begged her not to blurb my book she did it um so that was that was very it was very helpful obviously because you know as the book sold out in the first six months and then I did a second publication of, or they, they did a second publication the small press but um it's very difficult to get your book published Um, nowadays, there are some really important presses like Aslan Libre Press and um, Flower Song Press, just to name a couple, that are doing some incredible um, work putting out anthologies and putting out individual art poets like um, Irene Lara Silva is one of my favorite contemporary writers uh, out of Austin, uh, you know, just period, but she's out of Austin, based in Austin. And, um, you know, she can tell you, she, she's a prolific writer and she's published with um, smaller presses as well. But um, it's, a, it, it's, I couldn't tell you how difficult it is to publish with a big, large press, because I've never done it. You know, I've never, uh, Penguin Press published two of my poems with the first paperback anthology of Latina poetry called Floricanto Si. And that was the first time I was published in a, and probably the only time I was published in a large press like Penguin. Um, but it's extremely difficult. Uh, you really have to submit your work and send it out and get it out there and, you know, get rejected a whole lot of times. <laughs> yes. How do you deal with the rejection part? The other day I was interviewing painters with the rejections through galleries. 
and how and how do they deal with with uh, with rejections? How do you deal with the rejections? That is a tough one. <laughs> um, you just accept it. I mean, well, I personally, I just accept it that you know this is not what they were looking for, or you know, and um, move on to the next. You know, and honestly, I never write for anyone's acceptance. <laughs> I just write because I'm creating. And so if it's accepted, wonderful. If it's not, no problem. You know, move on to the next. So I I don't, um, I don't worry about it too much. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Do you have a poem that you would like to share with us? Sure. I, I thought about it before I, I got on the this interview with you and um, my poem that I have to share um, one that the only one I have memorized and it is in my first book Peace in the Corazon and I'm going to have it to glance in case uh, <laughs> Um, it's called Prescription for Paz. Ciudades pueden ser comunidad o encerrar. Hijos del sol, hijos cósmicos, hijo mío, nuestros hijos. Inocentes solamente son los niños con el poder de enseñar a amar sin condiciones. Y contra la lucha son los sin apoyo para toda la vida. Que el valor de todos sea igual. Nuestra gente, no podemos cargar tanto odio, odio que nos puede matar poco a poco. Hmm. And that's, a, that's an older piece. It's called, it's an acrostic poem and it spells out the word Chicano. Hmm. And, um, And then the, the poem that I wrote more recently, Love in the Time of Corona. I can read that one if, you would, if you'd like. Yes, yes, please. Okay. <clears throat> I want to pierce your eyes, oscuros, oscuras azul, with my honeyed gaze. Grab hold your thick amber hair on your diesel thighs. I want to stare into the chasm of your tantalizing, staring, starry stare. Oh, wow. I can't read my own writing. <laughs> I, I have it written uh, not. It's because it's, I painted all over. <laughs> ah, okay, here we go. Here we go. Let me start over if you don't mind. I don't mind. Go ahead. Okay. Love in the time of Corona. I want to pierce your eyes, oscuras, azul, with my honeyed gaze. Grab hold your thick amber hair on your diesel thighs. I want to stare into the chasm of your tantalizing starry stare. So dreamy are your peepers. Other women get lost in them and say so right in front of me, right in front of my face. 
We canoodle nightly, entre día y noche, tú y yo hacemos el amor. Amor más dulce que miel con canela. Yes, our love is sweeter than grape jam, sweeter than my Grammy's fig jelly, you tell me. As I write for you candied apple prose poetry for you, my darling, Valentine. Hmm. So, um, I have, I have some other, you know, newer work, but I, I just write in Spanish and English code switching. Um, let's see. I, I don't know if you wanted to hear anything else or. I wanted to ask you if you can tell us, it is possible, you can tell us a little bit about the screenplay that you're doing with your husband. Well, no, because um, it's a surprise. Okay, no. okay. Yeah, you um, That's why I say if you, can, if you can tell us. <laughs> yeah. It is very cool that you're writing that screenplay. We're working on, um, on developing a screenplay and... You know, we went. I went to Cine Festival this year, and I saw my friend Tammy Melody Gomez. I saw Tammy's film, short film, Trash. And uh, before that, I was already inspired. I was sharing with her. I went to see the the. Well, I went on opening night for um, Juanito's Lab about Juanito Juanito Castillo, the film that was um, made by Guillermina Zavala and Enrique Upetegui. And um, Antonio Rodriguez was our editor, I believe. And so that was so inspiring, by the way. Um, but if you ever get a chance to see that film, you must. But uh, I was sharing with Tammy that I've been, we, we sat through some really bad short films. And I, 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 I'm sorry to say that, but, you know, they were just, um, they're written in the male perspective, but they were, unfortunately, there was, <coughs> and, um, you know, just old stereotypes and very patriarchy, misogynistic and, you know, male dominated. And it, for that reason, um, you know, Tammy said, this is why we need to write our own stories. And I said, you're absolutely right. You know, we all have our own perspectives and our own um, points of views. And um, I think it would be interesting because what we are writing about um, are, you know, stories that have to deal with life, of course. And, you know, just I, I, I really can't, I really can't and won't say um, much about it other than Um, certainly misogyny and racism and bigotry have no place in, in art right now um, as far as unless it's being you know shown to be the evil that it is you know and I, I just can't um, sit and not write a, from a more progressive standpoint. Do you know what I mean? Yes. That's why I was I said that artists, we are storytellers of our time. 
And yeah. that's it is very important that we all, it doesn't matter if it's a female or male, to tell our story because we all have stories that create us uh, to get us where we are. And I believe also that artists, we, we write about pain or love. And it depends on where we are. It depends on the emotion we are, where we are living. That's how it's going to come out. That's why it's so important that we express it in whatever way we can. It's in writing, in music, in painting, in dancing, in, in acting or whatever it is. But it is important that we express it. Absolutely. And, you know, in, in our native cultures, we there were actually five genders, <laughs> not just male or female. But certainly we, we forget those things, right? But, um, but any perspective is, is important that we, let we share each other's stories. Absolutely. Yes, I agree with you. Where do you see uh, yourself in 10 years as an artist? Um, I'd like to see that in my writing and in I've start, I really do love watercolor painting I do love painting and I enjoy it so much and um, I, I want to say that as an artist I want to be certainly more evolved um, more open to other mediums um, other type forms of writing not just poetry and um, Film has always been one of my secret passions, if you will, but just as an as an someone who enjoys film, right? But I've not delved in writing for film, or or also writing for um, like songwriting is something that I'm I've always wanted to take part in. I've been invited by musicians to to sit with them and write. So that's something that I want to see. In, in 10 years, I'd like to, to see that I've maybe helped write a song that might have been made into, you know, music, brought to music or brought to life. Um, certainly maybe I will have a screenplay under my belt, <laughs> you know. Um, even if it's a film, you know, it doesn't have to be feature film right and um and then i do, I do plan on on pursuing more uh painting as well so mm -hmm. i that's those are some of the things that i'd like to see um continue and grow as an artist i do agree i i have also a, a play that i did for for children that i wanted to see one day in the theater hopefully <laughs> I, I agree. Victoria, would you like to say something else before we uh, we give our thanks to everybody? No, I don't think so. I mean, I I just like to say that I just want to thank everyone who's with us today, listening, and um, I want to thank you, especially Monica. Um, for creating this platform for artists, for those of us artists that want to share a little bit about us, ourselves with each other um, through this uh, podcast or this program that you've created. 
Thank you. Yeah. So thank thank you for this opportunity. I believe it's important that artists we are get to uh, get to self known around the world because a lot of people from around the world is is going to be listening to it. I have uh, many people from Australia, from New Zealand, and so forth, and from South Africa. They're going to be listening to it. And uh, and I believe it is important. Artists, we need, need to, this is spaces. So we educate at the same time because many people do not understand our process of creation or what we have to pass. And it's important to us at the same time uh, from the voice of an artist, they know what we pass through our process of creation and our process of actually surviving as an artist too. And it's not so simple, not so easy. But at the same time, we do it because it's our passion. So that's why I created um, the Heart of the Artist Talk, because I believe that is, it is important. Yes. And, and thank you for everybody that is seeing the, the, the video. And if you're seeing the replay, please hashtag replay. I will appreciate it very much. If you have any questions, uh, write your questions in there as soon as we... Uh, we see them, uh, we'll, I will, Victoria or me, we will be answering them or I will tag her so like that she can see those those questions. And uh, and I wanted to also announce that tomorrow on Monday, uh, we're going to have uh, in Soul Talk, we're going to have Marianne Sabino. She's a soul alchemist. Uh, she's one of my mentors in light language. And uh, she's going to be uh, tomorrow in our so in Soul Talk. And the next week in the Heart of the Artist Talk, we're going to have Alma Dominguez. She's the president of Pintoras Mexicanas and, uh, and an amazing artist. And I, I would highly recommend you uh, them too. Thank you so much to everybody. And uh, don't hang up. Just let me finish this. Thank you sure. very much, everybody. And... Uh, for seeing the heart of the artist talk. Thank you for joining me today. I would love to share with you my transformational system, Path to the Heart, that I created just for you. Head over to monicaramireswarrioroflove.com and you will find free resources. In there, you can download a masterclass in how to stop being people pleaser and meditations to get you started.